Hey there, Crimeholics. It's your host, Kenzie. I'm back this week with an unsolved murder, and that is the murder of Karen Swift. She was a beautiful, blonde-haired, green-eyed woman from West Tennessee, and from the outside looking in, she seemed to have the most picture-perfect family and the type of marriage that everybody wanted. But little did everybody know they would be very wrong. At the time of Karen Swift's murder, she was living in Dyersburg, Tennessee, which is West Tennessee, not too far outside of Memphis. And if you know anything about these small towns in Tennessee like I do, you know that everybody knows everybody's business and everyone knows everyone. At the time of her murder, she was working as a fitness instructor. Her friends and family stated that she had a huge passion for fitness and in high school she ran track and she was fairly good at it. She would often win trophies at different track events and track meets and even after high school that passion had grown bigger she became a very big avid 5k runner and that's when she decided to take her fitness passion and turn it into a career and become that fitness instructor. In 1989, Karen married her husband, David, and they would go on to have four kids. They had two boys and two girls. And as I had mentioned before in the beginning of this episode, Karen had one of those families that from the outside, they looked like that picture-perfect family where you would think that these people had absolutely no skeletons. Even their marriage from the outside looked to be one of those picture-perfect marriages and relationships that everybody wanted, but little did people know that just two weeks prior to Karen's disappearance, she had actually filed for divorce from David. But before I get into all of the nitty-gritty details, I want to start on the night of October 29th, 2011. On this particular night in 2011, the Dyersburg Country Club, The Farms, was hosting their annual Halloween party that Karen often attended. She was going that night as Catwoman, and according to her friends that were there at this Halloween party, Karen was having a really good time. She was there just by herself. Her kids had other plans that night, and one of her daughters was at a sleepover, Karen's husband was not there. She was just enjoying her time, having a really good evening, like most people would when they have time away from their husband and their kids. Unfortunately, Karen's night ends up getting cut short when she receives a phone call from her daughter who was at that sleepover, and her daughter stated that she was feeling really ill, and she had asked if Karen would come and pick her up and take her home. Just a little after 1 a.m., Karen leaves the country club to go pick up her daughter. She gets her daughter from her friends, and she heads over to their home on Willie Johnson Road there in Dyersburg. According to David, Karen brings her daughter home. She takes her into her bedroom and she spends a little bit of time in there with her daughter. She tucks her in and she makes sure that she has everything that she possibly needs. Karen was being that really good, loving, doting mother that everybody knew her to be. Because it is so late, everybody that was in the home that night is already in bed. After Karen is all done taking care of her daughter and doing all the things she needs to do for her, she exits her bedroom and she goes goes to bed for the evening. So her family 
thought. The next morning on October 30th, 2011, when David and the kids wake up, the first thing they notice is that Karen is not home. Not only is Karen not home, but her purse, keys, her car, and wallet are all gone as well. This is very unusual to them because one, this is not like Karen to just not be home and not let them know where she's at. And two, it's unusual because as far as they knew, Karen had took care of her daughter and she went straight to bed. The first thing that David does is call Karen's cell phone, but as you can imagine, there's no answer from her at all. David doesn't know what else to do, and so he basically just kind of waits around the house for Karen to come home. But as hours go by, there's no call from Karen, and she's still nowhere to be found. As I was learning all these different things about this case, something that I saw people mention a lot and they questioned was if his wife was missing, why was he not out looking right away? Or why was he not more frantic? It made him seem almost suspicious. But as I mentioned before, just two weeks prior to her disappearance, she had filed for divorce from David. And if she and David had already been separated, and from what I have read, they were separated, but they were still living in the same home prior to her filing for divorce. So there is a high possibility that maybe Karen was out doing things with other friends or she just was not staying in contact with David like she used to because they were no longer together. And so maybe that is why David didn't just jump the gun in calling the police or sending out a search party for Karen because maybe that was kind of how things were now. And maybe Karen didn't always want David knowing her business. But this made people feel like David was super suspicious. And to be honest, in these kinds of cases, most people look directly at the spouse. And I will say that when I first learned about Karen's case, the first thing in my head was, oh yeah, the husband did it. I mean, they were filing for divorce. Of course he's guilty, which is such an ignorant thing for me to do. But I will be honest and say that I did do that. Because David was not super frantic just yet about Karen not being home, he kind of just sat around and waited for Karen to hopefully show up. But unfortunately, as the hours go by, David would get a phone call stating that they found Karen's car not far from their house with a flat tire and Karen was nowhere near the car. After David receives this new information, that franticness sets in and he calls the police to report her missing. The police take this very seriously and they send out a search party to look in the area of Karen's car, but there's absolutely nothing turning up. No piece of evidence that would get them any closer to where Karen is. The search for Karen would continue on for days, and those days would churn into weeks. And as time went on, they were starting to feel that they were losing more and more hope in finding any shred of evidence that they could use to locate her. 
as they were finding less and less evidence, they start to look into the people within Karen's life and start questioning them. The first person they go to, of course, is her husband, David. They know that Karen had just filed for divorce just two weeks prior to this. So that's kind of a little bit of a red flag to the police. They also feel that it's a huge red flag that David was the last person to see her alive. The police bring David in for questioning multiple times. And as they're digging into David, Karen, their relationship and marriage, they find out that this is not the first time that David and Karen had filed for divorce. In the past, they had filed for divorce, but would ultimately get remarried. From everything that friends and family had told police, these two didn't have an abusive marriage. There was nothing uh, very dangerous about their marriage, but the two of them just really didn't get along, but didn't feel that either of them were ever unsafe in the marriage. Even with the information that the police were receiving from her friends and family stating that they never even once worried about Karen's safety with David, The police were still so convinced that David was responsible for what was happening. Even though there really was no evidence or even hearsay that could link David to her disappearance. As time goes on, they really just don't have a case against David. So this is why he was never listed as a person of interest, a suspect, or even ever arrested. But very sadly, just a few weeks after Karen goes missing in early December, her body was found in the Bloodsoe Cemetery, not far from her home. Not only was it not far from her home, but it was just three miles from where her Nissan round on the side of the road with a flat tire. According to the autopsy report that was done on Karen, it was ruled a homicide by blunt force trauma to her head. When Karen was found in Bloodsoe Cemetery by a passerby, she was found underneath some brush. It looked like somebody had laid trees and sticks and vines on top of her. Karen's underwear were pulled down over her thighs. This scene was really horrific according to the medical examiner. Karen's body had definitely been there for quite some time as her body was so decayed they were not able to determine whether she had been sexually assaulted or not and the only way they were able to positively identify her was by her dental records. Now that the police have Karen's body recovered, this is when they start to really hone in on David. They feel that once now they have a body, it's going to start turning up all kinds of evidence and they would be able to list him as a suspect in her murder. The police go to the Swift home in hopes of finding some evidence of what took place the night of Karen's murder. When the police go there... They use a luminol almost over the whole entire home. And I'm sure because you listen to true crime, then you know that a luminol is used to find any trace of blood. Even if it was wiped up spotless, a luminol is going to find any type of blood spatter. There was nothing inside the Swift home. There was no blood spatter there. There was nothing to even indicate 
that somebody was murdered inside the home. But the police were still not convinced that David was not responsible for her murder. Something that I learned while looking over Karen's autopsy was that the injury she had to her head was not the type of injury that would cause any type of blood spatter. And so this was the main reasoning for police not ruling out David just yet because there was a possibility that he still did kill Karen inside of their home. But as time would go on, there was just absolutely nothing for police to use against David. There was nothing for them to be able to paint a picture or a theory of how David may have killed Karen. And this is why a lot of people feel Karen's case has gone cold for so long because they were so focused and so honed in on David that they really weren't looking into anyone else in the community that may have been responsible for her death. That was until years later, a private investigator by the name of Heather would step in and all kinds of crazy secrets would begin to emerge. This private investigator, Heather, came into this case with a really open mind. She did not have any one person as a suspect or person of interest to her. She was not so solely focused on David that she really took a look into the community for answers and for somebody to give her the piece of information that she needed. So I want to go back to David and Karen's marriage and their home life. I stated again before that they had what seemed to be that picture-perfect marriage, but we all know as of right now that is not the case, obviously, because she was filing for divorce. But all the information that Heather had gotten from her friends and people within the community paints an even completely crazier picture. So let's backtrack a little bit and I want to start back on October 29th, 2011 at the Halloween party at the Dyersburg Country Club, The Farms. From the way I explained it before, Karen went there dressed as Catwoman. She had a really good time, but she ended up having to leave early because her daughter got sick at a sleepover. But what Heather finds out is totally different. While Karen was there hanging out with her friends, having a good time, Karen actually ended up in two different altercations and I don't mean just like a women's yelling match it was a physical altercation and what Heather finds out is that the woman that Karen got into these altercations with was a woman who was married she was confronting Karen about sleeping with her husband It turns out that Karen had been having multiple affairs with married men there in the Dyersburg community, which means this opens up a whole new avenue of possible persons of interest or suspects in her murder. It could have been a jealous wife. It could have been a husband worried that Karen was going to tell their wife that they were having an affair or somebody was going to find out about it. This means that David may not have been responsible for Karen's death at all. As I listened to an interview with the private investigator, she stated that the police had overlooked a lot of information, and this was a lot of helpful, useful information. Heather had talked to a close friend of Karen's at the time of her murder, and this friend held so much crucial information. So, One thing about Karen and her having four children was that she was a stay-at-home mom. 
most of her children's life. But because David and Karen were obviously getting a divorce, she wanted to start making more money. And what she started to do for extra money was clean homes of prominent people there in Dyersburg. There was a couple in particular that Karen had cleaned for, and this was a very well-known, very prominent couple there in Dyersburg. The close friend of Karen's actually had a lot of information on this couple, but they have actually never been named before. And so to this day, nobody knows who this couple specifically is. Some of the information that Karen told to her friend was that while she was cleaning for this couple, the three of them had entered a romantic relationship together. On top of the romantic relationship happening, something much more sinister starts taking place. Karen tells this close friend of hers that one day when she went over to their house to clean, when she got there, there was younger girls there. Not underage girls, but young girls. And they had told the girls and Karen that they could take pictures for them and they could help them make money. Because Karen knew that she was leaving David and she needed extra money, she went along with what they were offering her. Karen was very vague with her close friend about exactly what was taking place and how this couple was helping her make money. But she would give this friend little bits and pieces of information, such as the guy in this relationship gave Karen a burner cell phone. So the friends started piecing things together and came to the conclusion that it was likely that this couple was tricking out Karen and these young girls for money. And I want to point out that this information was given to the police prior by this friend, but it was never looked into by the police or even ever investigated. You would think that with such a large accusation that the police would investigate this type of information, but a lot of people in the area speculate that the reason the police did not investigate it was because this couple, this unnamed couple, was so prominent there in Dyersburg and that it was likely that the police were paid off by somebody to keep this information quiet. What just absolutely irks me about the way her investigation was handled was that knowing some of this other information that the private investigator was able to dig up, there is so many different possibilities here about what happened to Karen except for just that it was the husband. And one more piece of information that I want to share that was discovered by the private investigator was that the screw in Karen's tire that caused the tire to go flat was not something that Karen ran over. It was discovered that the screw had actually been screwed into the tire with a drill. So this means that this was something that was planned. So what's to say that the woman that was at the country club that she got into the altercation with maybe was the one who went to Karen's home while her car was parked there while she was helping her daughter and that woman didn't go up there and put the screw into her tire and planned on hurting her. Or what's to say that one of those married men didn't hurt Karen because they were worried that she was going to tell their secret. And even beyond that, the private investigator said that there is a possibility that the couple that Karen was in a romantic relationship with and they were tricking her out as they called it 
could be the ones responsible for her death because maybe they were worried that Karen was going to spill all of those secrets to people in the town. I have seen some people say that if Karen was not doing the things she was doing at the time of her murder, then maybe she would still possibly be alive. But that is not fair because Karen is still somebody's mother. She is still somebody's daughter. And there is many people out there that are highly devastated over what has happened to her. Karen, her kids, and her family deserve justice. And somebody out there in that Dyersburg community knows exactly what happened to Karen. And all it is going to take is that one person to step up and give that piece of information that the police need to solve her murder. If you have any information about the homicide of Karen Swift, you are encouraged to call the Dyersburg Police Department at 731-285-1212. And if you haven't already, I highly encourage you to join our Crimeholics podcast discussion group on Facebook or follow us on Instagram where I will have pictures of Karen posted. Crimeholics, as always, be aware and take care.